Welcome to Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is where we take all of your questions as we are now back from London. Do you feel adjusted yet? Jet lag over? I think by now. It's yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday I was still struggling a little bit. I I'm not going to lie. I sleep on the plane, so that was nine hours. I was the there. same exact way. So now, like, we can't be held liable for anything we say on here because right, we're, we're both groggy. still we're yes. struggling. We're as, on London time. <laughs> yes, we're on London time <laughs> as well. Um, so as people get a chance to submit, if you're not already watching on Facebook, go ahead and head over there. And that's how you can give us your questions is in the comment section on Facebook as people start submitting some questions. Want to go ahead and start with the roster moves that were announced yeah, sure. yesterday. Okay, the bye week is obviously an opportunity to reevaluate some things, and um, obviously we're going to make some moves. We're not done because all we've done so far is take some players off. Uh, Bubba Wilson uh, and linebacker um, Devontae Bond mm -hmm. were both waived. A couple guys on the practice squad as well. Um, so, you know, I, we're going to assign some new guys. Sometimes what you'll see is players that get um, – waived right at the beginning of the season with an injury settlement, they can't come back for a certain amount of time based on what that injury settlement was. But you'll see them, and Devontae Bond, in fact, was one of those guys last year, I believe. Uh, you'll see them get will get a chance to re-sign them. And I don't know who specifically, but mm -hmm. there's always a handful of guys who waived with injury settlements. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a familiar name or two added back to the roster. But just little tweaks here and there. Obviously, Coach had already said that we were going to look for a new solution at punt returner. So it looked like that job wasn't um, Bobo's anymore. And I guess there just wasn't enough thought. There, there was thought that it ju just wasn't enough production on offense for that roster spot right. to be kept if he's not giving you that production on special teams. And then Devontae Bond, really, he switched from inside linebacker to outside linebacker during the middle of preseason. Looked like a better fit for him, but when you look at how things have developed uh, over the course of the season, he's played about 20 defensive snaps. Uh, you know, he plays on special teams, obviously, but there's We've got plenty of guys that are proficient at that. Right. And that may be a good sign that um, Jason Pierre-Paul is close to coming back because that would be another number at outside linebacker. Right. And that's a pretty good trade if you make it for Devontae Bond for JPP. JPP started practicing yesterday, which opened up a 21-day window in which you can, you can have him on the roster, but he doesn't count against the roster. <clears throat> he can practice with you. The team isn't practicing, but they took some practice squad offensive linemen out there and put them in pads, and, and they did some practicing. That's a really, really good sign, obviously. Yeah. And they didn't have – the first day they could have started this 21-day window with Pierre Paul was Monday. They could have done it weeks from now. So the fact that they're doing it as, they're doing it as quickly as they can is an indication that things are obviously still on track. So yeah. the first – the last game that you could possibly – come back for would be the Arizona game when we finally come back to Raymond James Stadium right. on November 10th and even if that's the that's the outside he could come back before that but even if he comes back then eight games still left so a full half of the season now you had JPP to Shaq Barrett and Carl Nassib and Anthony Nelson. That's a pretty good rotation. That's a great point. It was funny when I heard that he was coming back to practice. My first thought was how happy I was we were going to have something to report about him on the show because we get asked about him right. every week, and we always have to now say, we, do. we don't know, we don't yeah. get any updates. Coach says something, yes, right. and so I was, I was like, finally, we're going to have some, yep. and especially it being good it's news, good news yeah. to tell everybody, which was awesome. We could use some good news right now. Yes, we could. I'm um, sure a lot of these questions aren't right. <laughs> yeah. Good so news. James uh, <clears throat> wanted to know, do you think that we'll make a trade in the secondary? Well, the biggest one that you would have probably had your eye on already got traded. I'm sure you saw Jalen Ramsey got traded to the hyper-aggressive Rams. Um, so that's one that's out. Uh, the thing about it is I know the secondary is underperforming. That's clear. Mm -hmm. But there's so many young, recently added assets in that secondary that it would seem weird to – 
give up on that. It right. seems more like they will attempt to try to um, make that work and, right. and develop some of these young players, and it may be going a little slower than some of us want. Uh, you know, it also took the Rams two first-round picks to get Jalen Ramsey. So if you're looking for somebody like that, you're talking about a king's ransom. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the Bucks cap situation this year isn't great. I mean, they'd find a way to make it work if they wanted to make a trade. Right. Uh, I don't know. It seems unlikely to me. Okay. Uh, Sean asked, why does it seem like we're blitzing less with White and Levante in the past few games? Hmm. Well, I hadn't noticed that. Um, I suppose it's just the particular game plan, what, what they thought would work against Well, them. and, of course, if he's mentioning with Devin White, he's only played in the last game. Oh, is, did he say White he said, Levante? He and, said White and Levante. Oh, White and Levante. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, good point. So that's only one game uh, with him. I guess now that you say it, I, I can't think of a lot of blitzes from the inside linebackers. Um, I assume that was just the specifics of the game plan, what they thought would work against a certain team. Uh, but it's a good question because I do like when we blitz Levante in particular. Devin's supposed to be good at that. We just haven't had a chance to see it yet. But that's a good question. We'll see if that comes back around in the weeks to come. Okay. Uh, I think the name is Yaj. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Uh, I, like I know. I do too. What uh, wants to know, what can we expect from the offensive line moving forward? Well, hopefully you can expect Amar to come back soon at right tackle, and I think that would help a lot. I think you saw – I think it, we tend to forget, I know I do, that how solid he is mm-hmm. because the one game you have that you have to replace him with a, a younger guy and a less proven guy didn't go particularly well, right? right. Um, after the game, immediately after the game in his press conference, Coach Arians made it sound like that probably neither Kappa nor Dotson would be ready for the Tennessee game coming out of the bye. Dotson's got the hamstring. Kappa's got the more significant injury with a fracture in his forearm. But um, hamstrings are tricky, you know. It's hard to say. Uh, he, he said that after the game, but then on Monday when he had the press conference, day after game press conference back here, somebody asked him again about Dotson in particular, would he be back for the Tennessee game? And he said, we hope so. So mm. maybe there's a little bit of a gray area. I think they feel pretty good that at least Dotson and maybe Kappa will be back for the Seattle game. So if you get those guys back, what can we expect from the offensive line? I think we can expect it to be pretty good. The last game was not good, seven sacks, obviously. Right. But Coach Arian said he thinks three or four of those sacks really were James Winston's fault for holding on to the ball a little too long or for right. breaking containment, not finding a play right away and holding on too long, getting sacked on one of these long developing plays. So there, I think there were also some issues from the right side of the line. I think it was a bit of both. Um, I think when you get those five back intact, the running game had been working pretty well. I got away from it in the last game. Uh, and the protection had been about middle of the road. So mm-hmm. I think you can expect pretty good performance in the second half of the season. Okay. Uh, Adam wanted to know what's going on with OJ. <clears throat> well, what's going on? Yeah, I think he means why is he maybe so not performing maybe as much as – this guy drafted him in fantasy football? Uh, yeah, which I, I can relate to. Um, <laughs> so what in I, th- I guess a lot of people have just been asking, what has changed with him? Why does, is it this offense? Is it OJ himself? What's kind of led to the lesser production this year than a lot of people expected? Yeah, um, I think – Part of it is, you know, the ball finds the guy that's getting open, and, and you have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I mean, look at what those guys did. They got 19 catches for, you know, practically 300 yards or more than 300 yards between mm-hmm. them, 200 yards between them in the last game. That's a lot of mouths to feed with the football, right? Um, OJ and Cam were on the field, have been on the field plenty in two tight end sets, Cam Brait. And, um, you know, OJ's had a handful of big plays, but the ball isn't finding him a lot yet. Uh, Coach said that's a little bit of just what the defense is giving you, and it's a little bit of OJ getting open. So yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I, I wouldn't worry about it. He's an extremely talented player, and I think he's an important part of this offense. And Dion had asked, do you think we're going to trade OJ Howard? 
No. No. There you go. That was an easy question. Uh, this school, Dominic actually asked me, it said, Casey, did you enjoy meeting the Bucks UK fans at the Admiralty? And uh, yeah, Admiralty was the pub that we had the Q&A and event with, and mm -hmm. it was the official Bucks pub of the weekend, yeah, which is such a cool concept. It was incredible. I just, I loved seeing that there is such a huge and passionate yeah. fan base all the way over in the UK. And I was talking to some of the people about how, yeah, they, they watch the games at 1 a.m. sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, like the things that they do to make sure yeah. they get a chance to see the games. I was like, this is some passion. That Bucks UK club has been in existence since the early 80s. That's incredible. They, uh, they are incredible fans. Yeah, that is really awesome. A lot of them come over here and watch some games every year, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Joel brought up the idea that to think we ended up making the game closer by the end and had six turnovers. Seven. Uh, well, he started to say from your quarterback, but okay, seven total okay. um, is crazy. And it so is. I think – so. That's How do you evaluate a game like that overall in terms of... It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> because you want to say, listen, like what he said, um, seven turnovers and you're still in the game near the end, that you take those out and you probably have a pretty good shot of winning. But you can't take those out, obviously, right? And six of them, as he said, were from your quarterback. So what you have there is a really rough game from your quarterback, and it's hard to overcome that. Mm -hmm. But then you can also, if you want to, most people won't want to, look at silver linings in a game like that. The defense was constantly put into difficult situations right. from the very first play of the game on. And in those sudden change situations where you're thrown onto the field with your back against the goal line and you're trying to at least hold them to three, they did a great job. I mean, Carolina could have scored a lot more points. Yeah. Um, and the Bucks, and then you see the reason. The other reason they could stay in is you could see the Bucks could move the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jameis threw for 400 yards. The Bucks could move the ball all day, but they just kept killing themselves with those turnovers. Yep, so, they did seem to be at just the worst timed spots in the game. Well, there as were well. so many of them that they were that's at true, all, they're the all the times. That's a very game, good yeah. point. Um, <laughs> all right, we had a few different questions about Jameis. Felix asked, uh, "Do you think we bench Winston like Tennessee benched Mariota?" And Jay had asked, "Do you think Arians is committed to Winston for the long haul, or are we looking to draft a new quarterback for Arians to whisper to?" Since everybody always refers to him <laughs> as the are, quarterback whisperer. Those are um, very uh, diplomatically worded questions. I'll mm -hmm. give you credit. Um, uh, no, I don't think they, that Bruce intends to bench Jameis at all. Um, there's 10 games left in this season, and uh, to the second question there, we're going to learn a lot in these next 10 weeks. I don't think anything is decided yet. I, I look at something that Bruce said in his press conference on Monday uh, when talking about Jameis, and, and obviously coming into the season, and it's his first chance to work with him, he said, look, I've had five games with him. I know the history, but mm -hmm. I've had – actually, it's six, isn't it? Yeah, right. Six games. I think he said five, but whatever. Um he knows the history, but that's what he's had to work with. Right. He does know that Jameis Winston, we all know, look at the numbers, piling up yards and touchdowns, he has proven he can be a productive passer, but that has always come with too many turnovers. We know that, right? Everybody knows that. That's what has to be fixed, and for a good portion of the season up until that game, it was going pretty well. I mm -hmm. mean, I think in the previous four games he had eight touchdowns and two interceptions, something like that. The decision-making was good. It was not in that game. So in that five-game stretch, he had one bad game, but that's too many. And Coach Aaron said he believes in him and his talent, and we just have to get to the point where a game like that is one in a million, not one in five. Right. Well, there's ten games left. You could do the math pretty easily there. If he has a couple more situations like that, then we're still right where we are right now. Mm -hmm. So the next ten games are really going to tell us a lot. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know how it's going to go. I do believe that the talent is there and the ability to make the good decision-making within a game is there. But he has to prove it, mm -hmm. not just once and twice, not just against Tennessee, who's struggling a little bit next week, but then following week in Seattle. Right. In the tough situations. 
Uh, so we're going to find out. I can understand any way that our fans feel about our quarterback right now, good, bad, whatever, but it's going to be about two and a half months till we really know the answers to those questions. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Jay asked, are teams making an extra effort to stop Shaq, or is he yeah. just not playing like he was at the start of the season? No, 100% the first part of it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it took him a while. It took him five games to finally start doing it. But you can see, if you look at, if you if you pay attention to just to him during a game, you can see often lots of times now where he's either straight up getting double teamed or they're chipping him with the running back going out or something. There's there he's the guy they're making a point of slowing down. And you saw Carl Nassib had a sack, and Dominican Sue and Vita Vea got together to have a sack. Guys that hadn't been getting the production before um, are to some extent now, and Shaq is is taking the brunt of it. Now this will cycle through, right? After he doesn't have a sack for a couple games, maybe teams will go back to not taking him as the number one priority, right? Right. So, um, you know, and anyway, listen, six, nine sacks through four games and then two straight, two straight games without a sack isn't that unusual at all. I mean, remember JPP last year had a streak of about six or seven games in a row where he had a sack mm -hmm. and there was, then there was a lull. No, no guy, even the best pass rushers don't get a sack every single game. There's, there, even J.J. Watt or, or Von Miller or whoever are going to have a couple games in a row where they don't have sacks. Right. Um, we've had several different people asking, uh, and we'll close with this, about Ryan Griffin and if he has earned um, the right. A couple of people I saw phrased it as he's put in his time and some, you know, count, someone calling him Mr. Yeah. August and everything. Yeah. But has he done enough to make the team even just – want to see even you know when when Jameis is struggling not just the idea of should you bench Jameis but should you take a look at Ryan yeah. Griffin well that's unfortunately that's not the way this game works you don't really earn the right as the backup to to play you know what you do is you earn the trust and confidence that if you need to be put in there the team feels good about you and that's why he is the only backup quarterback on the roster Blaine Gabbert got hurt and Ryan Griffin is the guy we are counting on to mm -hmm. be there if we need him. But you don't really earn your way into playing time over the starter. The starter may, you know, at some point lose his job and they're right. confident in you. But um, I hope Ryan Griffin gets his chance at some point because it's true. It's kind of amazing to be around for five years and never get to take a snap. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, I really – no offense to Ryan, but I really don't want that to happen because that would indicate either an injury or some more poor performances from Jameis, and I don't want to see either of those two things. Right. So Yeah, that's a great point. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. We'll be back next week, and, of course, again, this is our bye weekend, so no show before the games. We'll see you next week.